Bastien. We are trying to find out if this thing works. So we're talking about the mission field and <clears throat> my last time we talked about the first day or first day in the mission field and I can't remember exactly what I said. I do remember this suddenly came to my mind that when we woke up the following morning we sat down to breakfast and in front of the, uh, I think there was somebody else there, another, what we called greenies, brand new missionaries. And the first thing I saw that they were feeding us was something that appeared to be French toast, but it was bright green. And it looked absolutely disgusting. And we very hesitantly ate it, and that's what it was. French toast for greenies. And the office staff was appropriately very somber, and everybody was serious until they saw how, that's the word, scared to death we were and wondering if we should eat this disgusting stuff or not. And then they started laughing and everybody had a good time. Anyway, so then the mission got started and I got sent out with a fellow by the name of Elder Chamley. I think he was from someplace in California and he was a piece of work. Uh, first thing I noticed that was that he had a calendar on this, on the bulletin board in our flat. No, we didn't have a flat. We had digs, I think. I can't, I can't can't remember of a landlady in this place. What's a dig? Digs are what we will call in a uh, what do you do a what do you call it in this country? Oh, that's a flat. A studio. Uh, digs is where you live with somebody, a landlady, and they do your cooking for you and border, huh? yeah, border room and board sort of thing. Anyway, and Elder Chamley went to this uh, calendar on the wall every single day and put a great bit, big X through the day and sang his little ritual song, 722 more days to go. Mm. 722 days more to go. Mm. He'd been out about one month. 
So he had his entire mission in front of him. And I don't know if he liked it or not, but he sure didn't look like he liked it. And anyway, it was not very good experience. And we spent most of the time visiting with members. I can't remember that we did any missionary work. But we did a lot of walking around between members' places and lived at members' places a lot. I remember no members whatsoever. And no names or anything. The thing I do remember was writing long letters home to my parents and long letters to President Barton, the mission president because I was a basket case. So my crime in the eye, probably like most missionaries, wanted to go home so bad it wasn't even funny. Anyway, about three weeks into this experience, all of a sudden, one morning at 6.01, a loud knock came at the door. And I was up, Elder Chamley wasn't. Um, keep remembering that for the several years before I got into the mission field, I'd been getting up to do paper routes and stuff. Getting up at six o'clock was sleeping in to me. It certainly wasn't to Elder Chamley. Anyway, so I went and answered the door in my underwear because I was still in my underwear. And there stood President Barton with two assistants to the president. And I, my stomach jumped into my mouth for a split second. And then I became vaguely sort of happy. I just think down inside of me, maybe the Lord's answering my prayers. I'm not exactly sure what I was praying for some kind of deliverance. Anyway, he stepped in, they stepped in, and he said, Elder Hatterley, is Elder Chamley up yet? Uh, I think so. I mean, by this time now, it's two or three minutes after six. Pretty sure the mission rules have changed now. I don't think that they get up at six o'clock anymore. I think they get up at 6.30. Anyway... I went in the other room and told Elder Chamley we had company. He came stumbling out. Anyway, then the assistants to the president, who were just nothing but missionaries like us, and they were not smiling. And then I just became an innocent bystander because he was the senior companion. So the conversation between the two assistants and Elder Chamley took place and I just stood and listened and it was not a friendly conversation. I do not remember what was said, but they wandered around and went over and looked all over her apartment with a, uh, and saw this calendar on the wall. By the way, I'm pretty sure, come to think of it, that he used a poker out of the fireplace to do his scratching on the calendar with. And it was, if I remember right, it was some non 
traditional tool. And anyway, the assistants weren't even a little bit happy. They were really tearing into him. And I was just enjoying it so much. I just couldn't even believe it. Of course, I didn't show anything, didn't say anything. Anyway, they left. And just a few days later, why the first transfer came. And I don't know if I was happy or sad. I guess it was probably both because I was fi finally away from Elder Jamley. I think I was with him for five weeks. He um, thought he was the Lord's gift to all women and particularly all women in California. And it was a difficult experience. But during the time, I began to understand people a little bit. I could actually understand what they were saying a little bit. And I can't remember when this took place, but in some discussion that we were having with somebody one time, I, I made a comment about being, um, that's as funny as a bugger, and something I'd said many times at home, and this guy, I mean, remember, we're two religious fellows in this guy's home, and the second I said that, he looked over at me with gigantic wide eyes, looked at me, and he says, do you swear often? And I looked at Elder Tamley. He had no clue what was going on. Anyway, I said, no, I don't think so. I had no idea what he was talking about. Anyway, sometime in the very near future, I found out that that is one of the worst swear words equal to bloody. You know, nobody has a bloody nose. You do not say bloody nose if you're a religious fellow if you want to really really talk down to somebody you tell them that you're a bloody bloke or i don't know how they say it anyway that's two of the most terrible swear words there which i learned started to learn the language a little bit anyway i got transferred into Gloucester, I think, if I remember right. And <clears throat> I could be wrong on this, but I'm just going to guess that I got transferred into Gloucester and Elder Burgoyne can't remember his first name anymore. Oh, yeah, Elder Jim Burgoyne from Montpelier, Idaho. <laughs> Became my companion. And he may be one of the first or only two or three people in my entire life that I ever looked at his eyes because they were utterly bright blue. And I can still remember that to this day. But he was fabulous and he wanted to work and anyway 
So we worked and was this the town where we met the Browns? I'm having a hard time remembering. Anyway, Elder Burgoyne and I met brother and sister Brown. I'm pretty sure this is true because our 92-page lesson manual was based around the Browns. The first lesson was Mr. and Mrs. Brown. Lesson number two, or discussion, we called them discussions. Discussion number two was Brother and Sister Brown. And Brother and Sister Brown just almost followed the lesson plan word for word. It was absolutely miraculous. And in very few weeks, cannot remember how many, but in just a few weeks, why Brother and Sister Brown gained a testimony of the gospel and were baptized with their little children. I mean, obviously the little children weren't baptized, but they were later on. And over the rest of their lifetime, he served in many, I think he served as bishop of what became later on the ward. Everything was just a branch in those days, but they were absolutely fabulous people. Still are. I just had another experience come to mind and then it slipped. Not yet. How old were the Browns? You had teeny little kids, I'm going to guess in their late 20s or early 30s. My sister Brown's still with us. Well, but we've gotten a Christmas card from her or a letter or something every single year. Maybe it just stopped, but it's been within the last two or three years. So they weren't much older than we were. And they lived for English back in those days, standards, in a pretty nice place. She, They had a nice... Uh, going to say apartment. It wasn't an apartment. It was digs, but it was pretty nice. It was a council house. Just 90% of the people lived in council houses, which were just long. Yeah, they were, well, all of them weren't dependent on the city, but sometimes frequently they were two or three stories tall. I'll come to another town where it was definitely that, but I'm not sure theirs was. There seemed to be a little more room there in that area, so. I can't remember if theirs was one or two stories tall, but anyway, they were fairly nice looking. Long apartments, just one building that might be a block long. Every 20 feet or every 30 feet, there's a door. You go through the door and that's your house. Or you go through the door up the stairs and that's your house. Or through the door and down the stairs and that's your house. Anyway, and they lived in a nice place. They kept, they were impressive people. Just way impressive people. Anyway, and little by little I was getting so I could understand everything. And 
Elder Burgoyne and I had a great time and it, it was a wonderful experience. And I'm sure we had many other experiences there that I can't remember right this second. But after a few months together, why we got transferred again, by this time, why I was into the mission and enjoying it, and pretty much loving it, and and then I got transferred into South Wales. And so we said a very tearful goodbye in our whole district, which I cannot remember anybody else in that district now, but just like our family, we all loved each other pretty much. And it was fun time. And then we got on the train. I got on the train. And somebody else got on the train with me, and I can't remember who, and went into Cardiff, across the, across the country line, England into Wales, and went from Bristol into Cardiff, which was the capital, still is, I'm pretty sure. And I don't know why I hadn't noticed this before in Bristol, but Cardiff was unquestionably, to my remembrance anyway, the biggest train station I had ever seen in my entire life. I got on the train at London, too, so... But I was, I can't remember at all, but I remember this one. And you, you, you go upstairs to the landing and then downstairs to the next train station or upstairs to the next landing and down. And there was 10 or 15 or 20 of them. I mean, it was like a, a city under this thing. And the, the uh, <clears throat> loudspeaker was calling out departures and arrivals and now i'd been in the country for a few months was understanding everything really good and suddenly i'm standing in this train station car of listening to these announcements and couldn't understand one thing uh, absolutely if they'd have been speaking portuguese or russian it would have been no different couldn't understand anything but this companion or whoever was with me was sort of getting a word here and there. Anyway, we got separated because he was going somewhere else. I don't know where he was going. And I was going to a town called Merthyr Tidville, which, as I remember, was President McKay's mother's birthplace. Anyway, so by utter miracle, the Lord did a lot of miracles in the Russian field. I've got to back up. Forget Merthyr Tidville for a minute. Back in Elder Chamley's digs, my first month or five weeks, whatever it was, I believe I spoke of the discussion plan, the 92 pages of the discussions earlier, <clears throat> and that I had about one and a half of those memorized 
because my dad, bless his heart, helped me, helped me, forced me, whatever, to memorize that much over a period of several weeks. Anyway, when we got into the mission field now, and I'm with Elder Chamley, it was almost to the day of three weeks into the rest, into that four or five week period of time that I had the rest of the lesson plan completely committed to memory. So I probably memorized 15 or 20 or 15 or something pages prior to that in many weeks and in three more weeks I went from that 15 or 17 or something up to page 92. And while I'm just talking about that, over the rest of the mission field, we would have district meetings each week, and the district leader would always have varying different kinds of activities and stuff. Towards the end, when we were now in a city called Bath, which is way ahead of what I'm talking about right now, but I became the district leader, and I'm talking about this right now because I remember it, and it has to do with the discussions, that when I was a district leader, and somehow or other I seemed to have a little creativity then, I certainly do not have any anymore. But I happen to have a little creativity then because our district meetings lasted usually about two to three hours. Each Monday morning, I believe, was our district meetings. And anyway, and the district leader was in charge of those, just like a primary president's in charge of the whatever. Anyway, one of the things that, that I always used to do, because... In our, when I was the leader, you would always have seasoned missionaries. There was two or three or four of us in the group and everything down to all but brand new missionaries. And so for all of our sakes, one of the things I used to do in our, in our study time, we usually had an hour of study time together, was do... Um, discussion things and I remember one of the things that I implemented was that we would there was ten of us in our district never had any sisters I think there was only four in the entire mission and never had any in my district so it was all elders <clears throat> and we would go around the circle of the ten of us and I would repeat I would I would say the first sentence of the first discussions were divided into something it's going to come to me in a few minutes yeah that's that's what i'm going to call them as sections right now but that's not what we called them but anyway so i would say the first sentence in section one the guy standing to my or sitting to my left would say second section of second of the first section, third sentence of the first section, fourth section, and we would go around, but it got back to me now, I'm on um, sentence number 11. We would go through the discussion doing that, or 
I decided this was my creativity. Today, this was three weeks later or something in our missionary meetings, we're going to go through discussions number one and four. I'm going to give sentence one of, sec of section one, discussion one. You're going to give sentence one of discussion number four, section one. He's going to give sec uh, second section, second sentence of sec discussion one, second section of discussion four. Then, and we would go through discussions like that. Then, to make things a little more interesting, after everybody got a little bit comfortable with that, and I tell you, there was some terrorized faces in the room a lot of times. And then, we would start with discussion six. Last sentence I gave. Second to the last section sentence. Third to the last sentence then the same thing with section, discussion number two, discussion number five, going backwards. And anyway, I, I mixed it up. And anyway, by the time we got through several weeks into our thing, every one of our missionaries knew the discussions. And I mean, they knew them good. And the reason that you, I felt like we needed to do that is because I had already had the experience multiple times of being in discussions with investigators in their homes and we would be on section number three I can't remember how many sections each, each discussion had a different amount of sections and you'd be on section number three and um, sentence number 15 and all of a sudden the guy would look at you and, I just thought of something I've got a question. You're always asking them to think of questions and to be, you know, to if you think of something you want to talk about, bring it up. So they would bring it up. And a half an hour later, uh, where were we? Let's see. We were on. Ah. And you would come back in on section number four, sentence number 13, and keep going. And so you had to, they don't do this anymore. But for the people who really knew them, I mean, they were buried absolutely solidly inside of your brain. You could do it and nobody had a clue. You were pulling back to memory something that, but most people wouldn't do that. So it's, it was sounding like a canned deal and it wasn't good. So they got rid of it. But for the people in our groups, why we really knew what we were doing, and I was really proud of them. And truthfully, I was pretty proud of myself, too. I can't do it anymore, that's mm -hmm. for sure. Okay, now back to Merthyr Tidville, South Wales. Somebody picked us up at the train station, and... Or did the train go to to a little town called Bridge End in South Wales. And this town was right on the bay. What bay? I don't know. Maybe, maybe the Bristol Bay. I think Bristol was on the other side of the bay and South Wales 
We could know that in a hurry if we got that book over here because it's got a map of it. Anyway, and there's a suspension bridge between them that looks almost identical to the Oakland Bay Bridge or the Brooklyn Bay Bridge. Huge, big suspension bridge. Anyway, and this was... As I remember, the middle of the winter, something's fishy with this story. <laughs> anyway, I, I'm not sure when all this happened, except that this was in the middle of the winter and it was cold. I mean, it's a wet cold. It's cold. And we had big, thick, I don't care what you had on, you were freezing. And I believe this was the area where I never took off my underwear, never took off my thermals, didn't take off anything except the outer coat, probably my suit for, I don't know, a week or 10 days or something. It was cold. I mean, it was cold. And back in those days, Logan, Star Valley, every place was colder. It was a different world than we live in now. Anyway, and we lived with, I think, the district leader and his companion, and they had two little beds, so we slept on the floor. And I remember this pile of garbage that was leaning against the wall that was right next door to me. And I thought that I was going to be buried alive in garbage. And it was cold. The floor was cold. And we're out of time. class they both played violin one day he got up the nerve to try to reel her in he asked her would you like to see my fancy set of wheels she said yes and that was that soon they became something real then one night on a hill overlooking town he took her hand and said to her as he knelt upon the ground let's make some music all through our lives some simple music all through our lives there's a melody i feel when i'm with you so let's join together forever and she smiled and said yes let's do let's make some music all through our lives some simple music all through our lives there's a harmony i feel when i'm with you so let's join together forever no matter what we do 
then they began to speculate what the future might hold they said maybe we'll have a lot of kids and raise them somewhere cold maybe they'll learn piano and we'll live on a farm and we'll try to teach them right from wrong and keep them safe from harm and maybe we'll have our share of trials but maybe it'll all work out maybe we'll live in a few good small towns as we learn what life's about and maybe we'll make music all through our lives some simple music all through our lives there's a melody i feel when i'm with you so let's join together forever no matter what we do yes let's make music all through our lives some simple music all through our lives there's a harmony i feel when i'm with you so let's join together forever no matter what we do the music of love the music of hope of faith and joy maybe we don't know everything but maybe we'll just enjoy that we're making music all through our lives some simple music all through our lives and maybe in 50 years we'll be gathered near and far and our kids will honor us and give thanks to us for teaching them that life's not so hard with music all through our lives some simple music all through our lives and now that it's been 50 years we can see it all came true so glad i feel this melody and harmony when now